Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Good morning. Thanks for the good morning. Um, welcome to Trinity Bible Church. So glad that you could join us this morning. Uh, we are going to worship the Lord together. It is why we have been created, why God gave us life and breath. It uh, really simply is to bring him worship and to uh, bring him glory and honor because he is due all of that. And so uh, in a moment, I'm going to read from the Psalms as our call to worship. But just wanted to remind you that no matter where you are in your journey with Jesus, perhaps you are searching and you're here and you're just kind of listening and wanting to um, just discover a little bit more, or perhaps you are a seasoned saint and have been a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ for many years, um, God knows who you are, he created you, and he knows where you are, where your heart is, where your mind is. And sometimes we hear that, and that can be a little scary, right? But our God is a good and gracious God who loves us, and he is called so often in the scriptures our heavenly father, and we are called his children. So therefore, we have this beautiful relationship with the creator of the universe, and he has revealed himself to us in his word through Jesus Christ, the living word, and of course, his written word. I was just reminded of this recently, and this is um, something that has stuck with me I wanted to share with you. The truth of the matter is this, church, that when we read the word of God, we are encountering the sovereign creator of the universe. That's something. So we should always take heed with what we hear because these are the words of God who created the universe, and the universe speaks of his glory. And so let me read to you from the beginning of Psalm 19. Listen to these words, allow them to speak to your heart and help to prepare you to bring your worship to God this morning. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat." We stand together and pray as we go into a time of worship through song, worshiping the God of the universe who is creator for all of his creation, right? desires to worship him. Father God, we do thank you for this blessing of a new day, a new day which brings new hope, new opportunities to honor you with our works and deeds with our lips, with our hearts. 
God, you alone are worthy. And so like all of your creation, us, your children, we now offer ourselves up to you. We long for and await the day that you will return for us, your children. But until then, we want to be found worshiping you. So God, we offer this time up to you now and say thank you. And we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let us worship him together now through song.
God. 
He is good, right? He's good and worthy of praise. Hallelujah for what Christ has done for us. Just take a moment to say good morning to somebody next to you. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good to see you. going to say you can find your way back to your seats, but I guess you did that on your own, and that's great. Good. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So um, <clears throat> again, <clears throat> excuse me, welcome, and uh, <clears throat> it really is good to worship. I was kind of singing at the top of my lungs there, so <clears throat> and many of you were. So, well, how good it is, right, to be able to worship, uh, to worship the Lord, and it's a great way to just kind of prepare us and remind us of the truths of of God's word and our relationship with him. And then as uh, in just a moment, we'll open the word of the Lord together and uh, just dive right in, continue our series on uh, Second Peter. Uh, but our time of worship is uh, so important uh, because we get to, to lift our voices together. And it's just something special about hearing other people sing and being able to, uh, to just to just sing and, uh, and to worship as the Holy Spirit leads us, but to be able to do that together. So we thank God for that privilege and that opportunity to do that. And uh, so before we get into um, opening uh, uh, the Word of God, it's, we're still in Second Peter, so if you want to start that, you can open to Second Peter chapter 2. We're in verses 4 through 9 together. We'll um, start looking at that in just a moment, but it's Second Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through nine. You can open up your Bibles. There's Bibles there in front of you, or you can use your Bible app on your phone. Um, but just a few things of church life to get us caught up, some new things that are happening, and some things I want to remind you about. Um, of course, here at Trinity, we have our core values, and it's learning and growing and serving. And we say that often because it's how we pursue discipleship, how we pursue being followers of Jesus by learning the truth and then growing in faith and then serving in serving one another. And uh, um, this is a cycle that we repeat daily and weekly and monthly and throughout our whole lives. That is how we grow into being mature believers and followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. So one way to serve is through the outreaches that our missions team 
puts together. And uh, for uh, April, uh, there is uh, an opportunity on the second. Now, this is a unique opportunity. It's wonderful because everybody's invited, um, and it's in Ocean Grove, and so it's it's local. But the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission, many of you are aware of them, and they are one of our mission's partners. Their information is out in the lobby at our mission's table and up on our map. Um, but they are a local ministry uh, to men that are struggling with uh, um, homelessness or addiction, and it is a, a faith-based, Christian-based program. And uh, we have done much, you know, a partnership and work with them. We love to pray for them and support them financially, but also going to help. And so uh, on, um, on uh, Sunday, April 2nd, they are having their annual graduation for the men who are graduating from the program. And it's very special because oftentimes we're, we're praying for, for men who just don't make it through the program. They drop out. They have to leave for certain reasons. Sometimes they come back, but it's a very, um, it's a very encouraging time to be able to celebrate and to go to encourage uh, those men who are graduating. So it is uh, open to everybody, and this is Sunday, April 2nd. So in a way, our service for that Sunday is to encourage, to go and to encourage, to show up, to support. And uh, it's right in Ocean Grove. If you're interested, we have more details about the exact location, but it's at three o'clock. And so you can go grab some lunch, head home, and then meet uh, everyone uh, uh, over at uh, Ocean Grove at three o'clock just to celebrate those graduates and to, uh, to pray for them and to be there to support them. So a unique opportunity for us to reach out to the community and help to support one of our missionary partners, right? And so, that, again, that is on Sunday, April 2nd, after church at 3 p.m. in Ocean Grove. Um, this is also uh, an event that I've been uh, announcing for a while, and so um, a registration will be open for that on our website tomorrow. It's a free event, uh, but it's a one-day um, seminar on this particular topic of the, sal uh, the assurance of our salvation. And uh, so this one-day uh, intensive study and uh, conference is called, Can I Know For Sure If I Am Saved? Some of you um, know the answer to that. Others of you have asked that question or have people asking you that, and sometimes maybe you're not so sure. And so this is going to be a wonderful opportunity. It's a free event, open to all, and so it asks that you would help us promote that by spreading the word, inviting people out. It is from 9 a.m. to 3.30 on that Saturday, and so there'll be plenty of time later on after that of the evening to go uh, enjoy the weather and uh, the beach, assuming it'll be nicer by then. We see, the, we see the beautiful sunshine and we get these glimmers of hope that the spring, right, is coming and summer and all that. So anyway, uh, please help promote this. This is up on our website under our events page where all the other events at Trinity are listed. Um, and uh, tomorrow you'll be able to go in and register. Again, it's free and we're, uh, we'll be providing breakfast and lunch that day. Uh, and it's, it's all for free. The church is, is sponsoring that. Uh, but I would just ask that you register just so we have an idea of who's coming. But again, it's open to all. Please, a great opportunity to invite your friends, believers or not yet believers, but to, um, to explore what the Bible teaches about having the assurance of our salvation, knowing for sure that we can be saved. And this is, um, it is a, um, a hot button issue. It's a topic that many uh, in the Christian circles have debated and are discussing, and it's taught differently in different churches. And so 
uh, here we, we teach that you can absolutely have the assurance, that wonderful privilege of all believers to know that you are saved. But, um, but this day will help us to explore deep into the scriptures to understand why that is and the implications of that uh, for us as believers and how we live our everyday lives. It is extremely important, this, um, this part of our faith and our doctrine. And so we'll have two guest speakers that day. I'll be the, the moderator for that day, but um, uh, Grant and Joe come from the, the FGA, the Free Grace Alliance, and they'll be coming in just for that day to, uh, to do the teaching that day. And so um, you can register on our website. Just go to the events page where you see everything else going on in our church, and you'll be able to register starting tomorrow. Uh, and you'll be hearing more and more about it, uh, but I would just ask that you would, uh, as you get the emails and the text reminders, that you would spread the word about this important one-day conference here at Trinity. All right? Well, it's a privilege to be able to host that. So uh, there's much more going on. Uh, in the, the life of Trinity, I can tell you that um, our life recovery Bible has come to an end. And so uh, if you're interested, uh, that life recovery Bible study that we offered on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Uh, has ended for the time being. And so if you've been interested in that, maybe you didn't get a chance to attend uh, during this season, uh, just see me for uh, future opportunities uh, for that type of study, because it's, uh, it's really important uh, offering that type of, of uh, study and looking to God's Word about um, how it is that God helps us to uh, overcome uh, through Him and His Spirit and His Word uh, any kind of issues that we go through in life. And so um, it's a very valuable, um, you know, study and group that we have. And so if you're interested, then uh, see me and we'll talk about when we'll be able to do that once again. But just want to make sure that you are all aware of that. All right, so we are in Second Peter. And uh, just uh, by way of recap, I want to just kind of give you a, a bit of a, a reminder of where we are up to this point to give us some context. But before that, I wanted to just read this verse to you. It's from Acts chapter 20. So it's not part of our reading for today, but I just wanted you to listen to these words uh, by way of introduction, uh, and then I'll give you a quick uh, overview of where we've been so far in our study. This is Acts 20, verses 29 to 30. It says this, um, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that day and night for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one of you with tears. And so as the apostle writes this, he is um, pouring out his heart and reminding his readers that, that day and night for three years, he poured his heart out to the other church leaders and believers, reminding them to stay true to the very word of God and to the teachings of Jesus Christ, which they had imparted on them, because there is a danger that was coming and actually had come, a danger of false 
teachers rising to prominence and influence in the church. That has been our theme for Second Peter as well. But I just wanted to show you that, that elsewhere in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, there are a lot of references to false teachers among the people of God. And here the apostle is saying that for three years with tears, he was crying out to God and admonishing the leaders to beware of what he calls savage wolves. But unfortunately, he says they will come from within. So it's one thing to be aware of false teachers outside of Christendom or outside of the local churches. But we are warned that false teachers will mostly come from within the church herself. Paul takes this, Peter takes this so serious, and I do as well, because as an elder and the pastor teacher here at Trinity, I am commissioned by God and called by the Lord Jesus Christ to preach the word of God. And I hope that that comes, that comes across. And so in my studies and preparations and and prayers for our gatherings, whenever it is on Sundays or Wednesday nights or, or, or studies, whenever we get together to open the word of God, it is something that we take seriously. As I said recently was just uh, reminded of the importance of it by that, that, that truth that when we open the very word of God, we are coming face to face with the sovereign creator of the universe and how sobering that is but also how exciting that God has revealed himself to us. And so that's why Peter writes this whole letter, one that we are going through now, because it was and is a big deal, church, to be wary of what is being taught in a church and to make sure that all that you are hearing and ingesting and digesting by way of listening and hearing and reading teachings on the word of God, that you go back to the scriptures yourselves and filter everything that you hear through the word of God, including what I bring to you on Sunday morning. Don't just assume that everything that I say must be true, that you go to the scriptures yourselves, because ultimately we are all individually accountable to God for how we handle his word. Amen? Amen. Thank you for the amen on that. So, um, where we are now, chapter one of Second Peter really is a call to grow in our faith. He's like, he's saying, we, we gotta grow to maturity, but why? Because he's about to make the case that there all are false teachers among us, and he starts to get into what they look like, and this morning we're gonna look at how it is that they will be judged and how God protects us from that. But he's starting to make the case that it's important that we continue to grow, as we say here at Trinity, learn, grow, and serve, so that we're always learning and always growing so that we can recognize false teachings, faulty teachings, and false teachers among us. And it's a responsibility of all of us to do that. And so he first, in chapter one, gives us a call to grow in faith, but now in chapter two, he's giving a detailed description of false teachers, what they look like, some of the things that they teach. That will be 
our focus for this morning. What does it mean? What is a heresy or a false teaching? What does it mean that, that the church is moving towards apostasy or away from the teachings of the Orthodox Christian faith? And what does that mean to us? How is it important? And so Peter is writing this predominantly to Hebrew Christians who are in the area that we now know as Turkey. And there are false teachers who are starting to take advantage of those believers who are either young in the faith and vulnerable or those who had been believers for a while but were not growing. See the importance of growing? Because it makes us vulnerable to believing the lies of false teachers. So Peter wants us all to be aware. Now back in Peter's day, <clears throat> when he's writing this letter, there was one main heresy that was rising up and it actually hadn't fully taken form yet. It's what we know now as Gnosticism comes from the word gnosis or knowledge. And they basically taught that there was a secret knowledge that only a select few could have of God, the mysteries of God and all things spiritual. The Gnostics also taught dualism, which meant that they believed that all things that were physical were evil and bad and all things spiritual were good. So therefore, what that led them to was two main false beliefs and teachings. One was that because all physical is evil, that their sin was not their fault because, oh, it's just this mortal body I live in and this mortal tongue in which I use to tear others down or these things that I do with the physical body, they're not my fault because it's just all physical is bad. See, but on the flip side, all spiritual was good, and so it led to them understanding or believing that there was this, this um, special knowledge that they could have. But even more dangerous in this dualism was that since they believed that everything physical was evil, they did not believe Jesus was ever truly human in any way. Because according to their thinking, how could Jesus, God himself, have been human in any form if all physical matter is evil and God could not be evil? Therefore, they saw Jesus more as a spirit, a form of God, even some went as far to say he was like a ghost and he wasn't a real person that they were seeing. Do you see what happens with false teaching and false doctrine? How it spreads, it's like a domino effect. And so throughout church history, we see this as a main heresy rising up in the early ancient church. But then throughout church history, especially during the early years, the first few centuries, what would happen was that the church leaders, we might call the, the patriarchs, the church fathers, would gather together to address these heresies that they heard were rising up, and they would form what we know as councils, and they'd get together to address some of these issues. And out of these councils, they would often develop a creed. Now, maybe some of you grew up going to churches where they would recite the Apostles' Creed, or the Nicene Creed. See, where did these come from? Well, the Nicene Creed, for example, came out of the Council of Nicaea, 
which was called together by the Emperor Constantine in the early days of what would become the Roman Catholic Church, but it was specifically to address false teachings just like Gnosticism. You can see, so we then have, and I'll, I'll read part of that in just a minute, we have some creeds or some statements of faith that aren't exhaustive in everything we believe as a church, but specifically to refute heresies. See, that's why creeds were created and developed. So I want to now read to you our passage for this morning, just as a, uh, that as sort of a brief introduction.